With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast. Rise up, rise up, rise up. Good evening, everybody. My name is David Carrico, and I am so honored to be here in the Puritan Barn, and we're just so thankful for each and every one of you that are joining us for the broadcast this evening. We want to welcome you all to the Light of Yah on Alien Skulls and Nephilim Fossils. Many voices offer answers to the ancient mysteries that we see here on Earth. Did ancient astronauts visit mankind thousands of years ago to impart secret knowledge? Some say that the ancient gods still speak to them. The sands of time have hidden many clues, but now it's time for the Light of Yah on Ancient Mysteries. As we said before, we're just so thankful for each and every one of you that is joining us tonight on the Midnight Ride. Here when... Our world is getting very, very shaky. We are anchored to the solid rock of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And that Word will teach us of all things. And that 
lesson begins right now because we are now live 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 what's up everybody so good to be here what's up david it's good to be here in the puritan barn having another midnight ride one more one more opportunity every week and we never know how many more we have but one more at least right? every week i every time i get to preach the word of god and share the truth of scripture i do thank the lord for each and every time and uh, it is great to be here this is going to be an exciting show this is just some amazing things that uh if you look at them individually they might not seem to be connected but we're going to be putting a putting together a historical uh and geographical uh picture that we're going to explain with the word of god and it's just going to be amazing it's going to be a great ride I agree. This is one of my favorite topics, David, because um, this is one of the, the subjects that got me to realize that there's more to the world than what I had been told. There's more to the world than what meets the eye uh, after reading Genesis 6 and after going through the scriptures and seeing that there's there's a whole hidden history that we're not being talked about. And, and this was one of the first subjects, not just the skulls aspect of it, but just these um, different type of things that were walking the earth was one of the things that really just had me deep in study. And I'm thankful for this subject. A, a lot of people may think it's a waste of time to talk about, but I, I beg to differ with that, not only because it's, it's good to study and to see where we came from, the genesis of our world, but also because we are coming up on a deception uh, that will deceive even the elect if it were possible. And this can entail a lot of things, not just one thing. When I was a young boy, I was so deeply fascinated with dinosaurs. I wanted dinosaur toys. I wanted everything. They just so deeply fascinated with me that there were creatures like that that once walked the earth. And you show any young person the pictures and the evidence that we are going to be putting forth tonight, they want answers. And the answers they're getting from the secular uh, educational institutions and from the church are pathetic nothing but pathetic but the truth is in the word of god and uh, there's just going to be some awesome revelations here for all of us well david take us on the ride all right well we are going to be exploring the light of yah on alien skulls and nephilim bones and maybe even a few mud fossils thrown in there and here in this first slide we see elongated skulls and when i say alien skulls i'm using the terminology that the world would use and many people that would believe in the ancient astronaut theory that would believe this is evidence that aliens visited uh, our world and imparted knowledge and all of this in the ancient astronaut theory but this is a fact there are many many of these and here are three of the skulls that are found in peru and the people in uh, academia, uh, they will tell you that this is the result of headbanding. And it is, it is a fact that headbanding was and is still practiced. We're going to look at examples of that. But there are physical deformities here and physical differences between these skulls and human skulls to make it impossible to attribute all of these differences to 
headbanding. And these are amazing. Now you take these three skulls and you show these to any young person, they're going to want an answer. Yeah. You know, they're want to know what's going on. And, uh, they can, they can know in a minute if you're blowing smoke up their pant leg, you know, that's just the way it is. Now, these skulls were found in Peru in the province of Nazca. And this is the area where we see the Nazca lines. And many of you I know are familiar with the Nazca lines. And they are pictures of animals. And these are huge. They're absolutely huge. And what's amazing about the Nazca lines is that you can't tell what they are except from the air. And if you're in the air and look down, you can see what these are. And they're amazing. And there's no explanation of why these would be there that is given to us from uh, academia that is in any way satisfactory. And these even look, and the people in the ancient astronaut theory, they want to attribute these to ancient landing sites like runways. And that might not be too far from the truth. And I believe that there was a worldwide antediluvian culture that was in connection with one another. And uh, you can look at uh, Easter Island and look at those effigies on Eastern Island and those stone idols. You see the same thing of the elongated forehead. But I believe there was a worldwide civilization. You can see the similarities in the architecture, language. You can go on and on and on. And I believe there was global communication. I believe there was global transportation and a high level of scientific achievement. We could even make the argument for nuclear weapons, and we could back it up with fact, and uh, we could show you the examples of the crystallized green glass uh, from Libya, and uh, hardcore evidence of ancient atomic explosions. And of the, we've read several times about the accounts of this that are written in the Vedas. So there's just so much that we don't understand, but what we do understand and know from Scripture, and we reiterated this scenario uh, many times because it is at the, the ground of the truth of the situation that the book of Enoch tells us that the watchers came down and imparted knowledge unto mankind. This is in the most ancient, ancient traditions of mankind in the uh, Sumerian and in the legends of the Anunnaki, how that Oanes came out of the Mediterranean Sea and would come up on land and teach the people the, the things and the mysteries of the earth around them. And it is my belief that we see evidence here of ancient civilizations that were indeed heavenly inbred with the Nephilim bloodline. And, I, and it's, it's really uh, like you said. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Earlier, this is this is something that if if this kind of stuff was taught in school or or in not necessarily in school but in in church even when the question arises or when when the time comes that they actually decide to crack open uh, the Bible and study it rather than just, you know, create a, a power sermon, you know, in a 30 minute power sermon. Um, these are the things that I believe if we knew it would be much harder to be uh, misled on evolution, on uh, simulation uh, hypothesis, on any of these, um, just in, be led in the sin. I remember the first time I read the book of Enoch, David, you know, but reading the book of Enoch, it, it opened my eyes in a way that I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it made me hate sin and see yeah. the root of all of that um, and see why, why it came into being, what, you know, what, what was taking place, what we've been taught, how is that affecting the world that we're living in? I think part of being awakened is that first step of seeing the Genesis. Genesis just means the beginning, right? Genesis yeah. is the beginning, the Genesis of something and the Genesis of our humanity. I think that one of the steps in being awakened is you want to know, you want to know this, you know, you want to know these things. And, and so, um, right onto what you're saying, I totally agree. Every mythology goes along, uh, in the, in the world and what they call mythology, most people call ancient history of their land. Uh, but it goes right along with this. And there are a couple of doctrines that we have taken a strong stand on that really blows a lot of the smoke away. And the Bible says that in the last days that people will not endure sound doctrine. Sound biblical doctrine will open up the truth of all things to us. And we have taken a strong stand and talked many times about the Sethite theory. And the majority of American seminaries today, or should I say cemeteries, they're teaching the ridiculous Sethite theory that the sons of God in Genesis chapter 6 were just the sons of Seth. And this is so ridiculous that uh, there's some really ornery people uh, that live in this world, but when they have children, they're not giants. There's something more going on. And also in the broadcast tonight, the stand that we have taken on biblical cosmology, it's going to save people from much of the deception. So doctrine is important. Yeah, because it might not be important to you, the, 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 the world, the way it's shaped, the beginning, the Genesis, but I guarantee you it's important to quite a few people. And so you're right. I mean, when, when that becomes a factor in how you believe, if you're a researcher, somebody that, that wants to know the truth, 
it definitely plays a huge role. But there's some people that don't care. They wouldn't care no. if the Earth was shaped no. like a like a triangle, and they're they're living on the bottom of it, being strapped down by Velcro. They wouldn't they wouldn't care. Yeah. You know, it, it wouldn't make any difference. But there are people that does care. That's why we care because there are people that it will make a difference in, in their understanding of the world and and who God is. And everybody should care. And you could sit. You should sit with it until you either disprove it or prove it until you're fully persuaded in your own mind and i know i bought a book on heliocentricity and i bought it or no the book was excuse me it was on geocentricity written by someone that was wanting to prove the point and i bought it to refute it and i couldn't refute it and i found that indeed the word of god uh, did teach exactly that. But we need to have a big flashing sign. Ignorance is not bliss. The Bible has a lot to say about willful ignorance. When we have the Word of God, we need to use it to find out answers that are so important. Now, in this next slide, we see the Mangbetu people. And this is not just a phenomenon of the elongated skull that we see just in South America, in Peru, around these Nazca lines. And it would be hard not to believe and think, immediately would think, well, wow, we don't know where these Nazca lines come from. I wonder if these people with the elongated skulls made those lines. And that's hard not to believe that. And here we see the Mangbutu people in Africa, and they practice headbanding and they will wrap the heads of their young children and i think this is just a sad thing to do uh very painful and a lot of them they when their children sleep they will have like wooden vices they will put on their children's head to shape it uh into this elongated shape and the the answer is now this is headbanding but and we can compare these with the examples from peru there's something going on there that's a little beyond headbanding that demands an explanation there. But here we see a people that are totally separated uh, from the people. I'm sure that they would have little or no knowledge about the, uh, the Nazca lines in Peru and the Nazca skulls. But the point being, this isn't something we just see in South America. We are going to trace this all over the earth and we're going to see that you can find this in antiquity you can find it today and the re and the question is well why would they do that and i believe that they did this and that this tradition came about because they wanted to be like these Nephilim beings that they considered to be gods. And all through the ancient mythologies, the Greeks, the Romans, the, the Anunnaki, the Babylonian, the gods mated with human women, which is the Genesis 6 scenario. And they, in uh, wanting to be considered to be like the gods, they practiced this art of headbanding to make them appear more like these entities that they worshipped. Uh, definitely that that's probably why they did it and there is a there, from what i understand from what i've gathered from different researchers and different archaeologists and different people that have looked at these skulls the human anatomy and such that there the difference in these people's skulls that we see in in the slide that you pointed out here and the skulls that they found in peru in different spots is there's a suture in a different place yeah 
which you can't you can't change this way your brain's sutured like your skull is sutured uh and and the way it, i guess the cracks that line up or whatever you can't change that by stretching out your skull so there's a clear difference just in that right there alone and also volume i believe as well yeah so. and you know people today do a good job of ignoring the facts yeah you know here you have a fact just like that well there's a suture in the human skull that's not in those skulls in Peru. Well, we'll just ignore that fact and say it's all just headbanding. And that's where we're at today as a culture and a society. The obvious facts that are presented have no absolute bearing on the conclusion that people make. But if we can still think critically and we can still examine and think with a clear mind and a sound mind that comes from God, 2 Timothy 1.7, we can see there's something more going on. Now, this is a picture of Lamb, and this was drawn by Aleister Crowley. And Lamb is a being that Aleister Crowley claimed that he brought through a gate during one of his satanic rituals. And isn't it interesting that Lamb has the same elongated head that we see in uh, all of the cultures around the world. And we're going to show you many of them before we're done with the broadcast this evening. But this is, I believe, a definite demonic characteristic that goes all the way back to the sons of God and the daughters of men, that this is actually what the way that they looked. The Father wanted to create mankind in his image, and Satan wants to recreate mankind in his image also as an imitation. Now, this is from the uh, inside of the Confessions of Aleister Crowley. And here we see the idealized self-portrait of Aleister Crowley. And the way he sees himself, isn't it interesting, he sees himself with this elongated head. And there's no doubt that Mr. Crowley became possessed by this entity lamb that he brought through the gates and he now has that desire. I'm sure if Crowley could have done it, uh, he would have strapped bands on his head and turned himself into that in the physical. But this is the idealized self-portrait of how Aleister Crowley uh, saw himself. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, it's it's really cool. I was just thinking about this. You know, I got a chance to actually go and and see one of these skulls for myself at a museum and and the guy i know the guy but he his name's joe taylor but he is one of the few people that can cast these things and so every now and then he gets the opportunity to go to peru or different places and cast these skulls uh for these people and it was really really neat to see and he has some bones and stuff he's one of the few people that can hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. New mammoths as well. Restorations of mammoths. Because not only is he an archaeologist, but he's a he's an artist as well. And uh, Timothy Alberino uh, has been to Peru many, many times. I think he actually grew up in, in one of the jungles around mm-hmm. that area and showed us. So a lot of this stuff, we've had we've had people that we know are friends of ours that have really dug in yeah. to this research in a major way, which gives it uh, validity to us, obviously. Uh, to you guys, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to do your research. But this is, this is um, uh, you know, Aleister Crowley wasn't, by any means, most people think of him as just some idiot Satanist, and and he, in a way, he was. But at the same time, he held more Freemasonic uh, medals than um, pretty much any Mason around today, I would say. Yeah, and from this very book, one of the quotes that I've used many times, Aleister Crowley said that he, if he would put all his all of his Masonic medals on at one time, that it would be enough to make an elephant stumble. At the time in the British tabloids, Aleister Crowley was being hailed as the most wicked man in the world, and that would be hard to argue with. He was receiving Masonic honors and degrees all over the world, which tells us more than just that fact should tell you more than you want to know about Freemasonry. Now, in the Word of God, It tells us that there are indeed gates that connect us with the spiritual world, both good and bad. In Job chapter 38, verse 17, Have the gates of death been opened unto thee, or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? And I believe that Mr. Crowley opened the door of the shadow of death. And uh, there was something come through there that uh, jumped inside of him. And uh, I believe it stayed with him until the day he died. And it, you know, it would be disgusting. I could just disgust all of us if I would talk about the things that this man did. Mm -hmm. Uh, His rituals were the basis of Maria Abranovich and the spirit cooking and all of these things that many of the people in the highest levels in Hollywood and in politics uh, were involved in. And I mean, it's disgusting. It would make a normal person and even a good old normal down-home center disgusted to think about the things these people do. In uh, Jonah chapter 2 and verse 6, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. And the book of Jonah speaks about the bars that were there in the depths of the ocean. And there are actually bars and gates that connect us with the spiritual world. And uh, just like Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the real church. And these spiritual doors are very much a reality. Now, I love this next slide John put together, and here we can see, just do a little visual comparison. We can see Lamb, 
the drawing by Aleister Crowley, and then we can see one of the Peruvian elongated skulls, and here we see at the bottom E.T., and E.T. was a character caricature of the common picture of what would be called the alien greys, and this has been reported by many, many people that have said that they have actually seen these creatures. And I believe that the same thing with the entire UFO and the UFO abduction scenarios and much of what's going on in satanic ritual abuse, it is the work of these entities that they are still around, they are still walking this earth, and uh, it, it is something for us to be aware of. And these are things that if academia would uh, acknowledge, they would have to acknowledge the Bible's true. And they're going to do anything but that. And also, you know, if the church would admit it, they would have to admit the Bible's true. And I don't think they really want to do it either. But here we see unmistakable visual comparisons that we are talking about the same phenomenon. And today we've got Hollywood that has taken this uh, concept of the alien gray, and it has put this in the mind and the psyche of the, the modern civilization to where now the idea that we have been visited from millions and millions and millions of miles away from deep space, the aliens have come and they're coming and all of this stuff, you know. But this is just a marvelous slide, John. You did a great job there. And this picture does indeed tell a, is worth a thousand words. Yeah, it it really does. I mean, you're you're right. If in I think we did a show about the uh, about this particular topic about the sightings and about the uh, how many there have been since and brings it back to a ritual that um, was done by Crowley and also done by his uh, I guess his uh, what would it not star pupil but his uh, his the person that followed his uh, rule in the OTO, Jack Parsons, you yeah. know, the guy at Parsons laboratory and, and L Ron Hubbard and, and all of these guys, they did this ritual that was bringing forth entities. And ever since then, we've had more and more sightings of these things, but they all have a very similar look. And, and the look that we've showed on this slide is the look that most people would give them. And, and it's interesting, the drawing that Crowley get of himself would be, it look like some of the drawings that I've seen. I mean, I've seen people that draw like even uh, movies that have characters that look identical to these beings, uh, just like we showed with the ET. You know, this is this is the common theme, and even even old pictographs and old pictures that you see on the sides of caves, you see these these shapes and these entities that we'll, which we'll talk more about it here in a minute. But you know, especially in Egypt and and different parts of the world where you this stuff is out in the open, uh, but definitely something to consider and think about you know where's this stuff coming from why is there there's always a, a reality based to every myth that you know i believe i believe that there's always a little bit of reality mixed in with the myth and and i think that these skulls kind of prove that reality um the, the, of what people are seeing and why is there such a um burst of of scenery of these creatures i you know there's something something's going on in the air there's no doubt about it they're talking about uh, bringing forth evidence of uh, aliens here in the next few days. Supposedly, this is you know word from yeah. the Pentagon. More evidence, and, yeah. and and basically disclosing everything. 
And a lot of people are going to be deceived. There's no doubt about it. I always bring it back to the deception, but a lot of people will will uh, lose their faith over this because they will believe there. How how is it possible that there's beings from another planet? Did God create other beings, or is is there God? Because these aliens won't come proclaiming God. I, 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 they won't come proclaiming God. They will be tearing him down. If anything, I would imagine, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. And there are Christian parents that send their children to these satanic schools. And I think the figure of, I can't remember exactly, but I believe the figure was 80% of Christian children that go into college, 80% of them come out denying the Bible mm -hmm. and Jesus Christ. Because just like on evolution, they will bang away and bang away and bang away to destroy the Bible. And the same is true with so many other topics. Many people that can see what they're doing with evolution, they can't see any farther th than that. To look at what they're doing with the Genesis 6 scenario, to look at what they're doing with the shape of the earth and uh, the truth about cosmology. Now, this next slide here is very troubling. Very troubling. And this is called the Tupin virus. And basically, a virus has to have a host to live. In other words, a virus cannot exist independently without a host to feed on. But here is a virus that can live independently without a host. And it is a giant virus. It's called the Tupin virus. It has been found deep in lakes in South America and also deep in the ocean. And you can see it's a little creepy it's even got a tail on it. Now, where in the world would we come up with a giant virus? And just saying, it could be that when these Nephilim got sick, uh, when these viruses got into their bodies, that it mutated into a giant virus. But this is an anomaly that judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Does not fit with any scientific understanding of what a virus is. And it is scary. And there, there is just so much craziness going on here that uh, you could just see the scenario to where something like this could come into the play uh, in the minds of wicked and evil men. Yeah, no doubt about that. I was I was going to write something down because I wanted to address something you said just a minute ago when it talks you talk about the education process of of this and and um, and I keep going back to this and I hate to do that because it sounds like I'm talking in circles, but I I can't stress enough the the importance of being open to teach your kids and and help them to understand these subjects. It's a, you know yeah. last week we did a show on the simulation. Uh, hypothesis, which is something most people may not care anything about, but I guarantee your children, they know about it and they will find out about it and it will be very valuable. It'll be something they'll think's valuable. They'll, it'll be something that they makes sense to them. 
David said 80% of children go off to colleges and come back atheists. It's because subjects like this aren't taught in the church. There's yeah. no doubt. There's no doubt about yeah. it. And um, the, the things that are popping up that we're going to be seeing, like this virus, for instance, who knows what's going to happen with that. I hope they just cover up the hole they found it in or the ocean they found it in and move <laughs> forward. But you have you have stuff like that, this that is going to be outside the realm of what they understand through the Bible lens because they have not been taught the Bible. So when they start to see see stuff like this like these giant viruses these these aliens these whatever this is going to shake them man it's going to shake them and i and i keep stressing that because i feel like it's so important i i i wish that academia would at least give entertain the idea to to let people uh, see for themselves and believe what they want to believe because you know just like anything else their their theory is is a theory it is a theory it has to be accepted upon faith um, but there's not a lot of answers anymore for a lot of these things. Yeah, we have answers for evolution. We have answers for that, but we don't have answers for the shape of the earth. We don't have answers for, uh, the, the super human things that might be happening, the technology that, that is taking place. And, and I, and that's why I love shows like this. I'm not going to say that again. That's my last time. saying Well, this it, show, it can't but, be said yeah. enough. And you just think about it. Parents will spend thousands and thousands of dollars to send their children to hell. People need to wake up. And yeah. not only at the college level, but the edge, the things that people are being taught. And even since uh, the, the arrival of the coronavirus, there have been so many changes in the uh, grade school, elementary, high school levels. And I understand that there's a tremendous sacrifice that people have to pay to homeschool and raise their children. But what is the value of the soul of your child? And you have to realize that if you're going to send your children to one of these government schools or pay thousands of dollars uh, to send them to uh, one of these higher educational facilities, or maybe the Bernie Bros, they'll make it free for everybody. I can see where they'd want to do that. You know, You've got to get back to the Word of God. What is the price of the souls of your children? We cannot let them be brainwashed by these government schools. And that's all it is. It's brainwashing. Not only are they getting rid of the God in, in their head, they're also, uh, it's most children that come out of schools are no smarter than, than uh, anybody. I mean, you look at the education level in the 1600s versus 2021, the children that were coming out of schools uh, would would probably mirror an education to some people that have bachelor's degrees. You know, they would, that's yeah. how educated they were. And education, if you go into a job and you are highly educated young person that you go through a homeschool and you're educated and you have knowledge in the arena, guess what? You're going to take over. Smart people end up ruling over dumb people. That's the way it always works. Yeah. Our, our country, they've been dumbing down our children for who knows how many years. And, and in fact, next week we're going to talk about that, kind of go through the history of how they destroyed American people. But you, you have Americans mostly, or for most part, are lummox. You say 1776, yeah. they'd have no idea what that means. And they have no idea what, what year, you know, what happened that year. They don't even know what the civil war was. They don't know any of these things. It's like a lummox that's being sitting there handed money and, and food, and they're getting chained the whole time they're sitting there watching TV, handing down food. It's just lummoxes. People are so dumb that they have been taken over without force. You don't have to be forceful in taking down a lummox because all you got to do is trick them, and that's what's happening. Yeah, I remember when our daughter Carla was a senior in high school, and she went to the government schools, uh, but and she was an honor student. She she's not a dumb dumb bunny, but one night 
there were four of her friends over there that were also seniors when she was a senior in high school. And I remember asking them, I said, and I had, I think I might've had a $5 bill or whatever, but I said, I'll give this to anybody that can name one year during which the civil war was going on. Every one of them guessed up in the 1900s. You know, that's scary. I mean, it, it is really, really scary. And uh, what can you say? But this yeah. Tupin virus, this sounds like the plot from a science fiction show. Uh, it yeah. really does. But it's a reality. It's a reality. And uh, I think it could very well form into the evil scheme, scheme of things. Now, here in the Bible, Job 26 and 5, dead things. And that word is Rephaim, one of the names of the for giant in the scripture. Dead things are formed from under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. And the Nephilim, and there's a lot we could talk about. Uh, in the realm of reanimation, like H.P. Lovecraft's The Reanimator, and uh, just so much we could say about that concept also. We might explore that more one night. But literally, Rephaim, dead things are formed from under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. And I believe that this Tupin virus is indeed um, very much a part of that scenario. Now, in this slide here, and uh, I want to read uh, in the scripture, I want to add a verse to it. Did you put I, yeah, I okay. added the verse to it. Okay, put Ezekiel. John, will you go ahead and read that scripture, okay. Ezekiel 29 and 2. It says, Son of man, set thy face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Speak and say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lieth in the midst of his rivers, which hath said, My river is mine own, and I have made it for myself. Now here we see in the word of God a direct association between the Pharaoh and the dragon, Satan himself, and to where he's literally called the dragon. And this is uh, something we should take to heart. And as we study... Uh, ancient Egypt, and we see here some pictures of Pharaoh Akhenaten, uh, and I'm probably not saying that right. How would you? Pretty close, Akhenaten. How, I believe that's how most people pronounce Akhenaten. it. Akhenaten. So. Yep. And I know sometimes it's spelt with an I, and uh, but Akhenaten. And if you remember back, uh, Barack Obama was compared a lot to Akhenaten, and uh, maybe with good reason, we might say. But here we see some very, very strange things, and I'll just read a little bit. And something else I'm doing, I'm going to read from um, a 69 Britannica. And for any of you, and I know we have a very intelligent listening audience, Wikipedia there have been articles that have been miraculously disappearing from Wikipedia, and they're being changed daily. Uh, the truth on Wikipedia and all over the Internet is being rewritten constantly. And I am going to go back to old school hard copy research, and uh, I am going to assemble of various sets of encyclopedias. I have here a 69 Britannica, and I've, I've obtained uh, 21 Colliers, and it's amazing what you can learn, but I guarantee you truth is a slippery slope. There is no truth. Truth has fallen in the streets. The, I know there have been things that I have told people 
about certain individuals, and they have went to look for it, and it was been scrubbed. And it's amazing, and I know that our listeners know we're telling you the truth here. We have been uh, very aware of this, uh, the censorship and the rewriting of history because we've been directly affected by it. But this is from the 69 Britannica. Uh, Iconotin, Amenhotep IV, son of Amenhotep III, was perhaps the most remarkable character in the long line of the pharaohs. He was a religious fanatic who had probably been high priest of the sun god at Heliopolis. Devoting himself to the cult of Aton, a form of the sun god, he initiated a sweeping reform by which apparently the new cult alone was permitted. Now, do we see any parallels here with Constantine? This is exactly what came into my mind with the sun worship. And, well, yeah, making uh, Christianity the official religion, that's good, but it wasn't real Christianity. It was a warped Christianity that has morphed into the whore of Babylon. So interesting similarities there, I believe. I, I think also there's really good similarities when you, you're going to be talking a little bit about this, but this thing emitting light. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that goes to, to Great White Brotherhood. It goes to Kamala. Oh, yeah. It goes to all that. It's really these, this this imagery is uh, interesting. And then on the bottom right picture, you see the babies even have the elongated heads yeah. here. Uh, the figure of Akhenaten is strange, almost uh, almost as if transgender-ish uh, yeah. or maybe a female converted to male. Uh, I don't know, but that's weird. I mean, that's the that dude has hips and breasts. I mean, this is this is not no no normal guy for sure. No, you can see by a quick visual glance that Akhenaten was homorphodidic. He had male and female characteristics. He he claimed that not only the god Aten appeared to him, but that Aten was his father that he was descended from these gods, and uh, he would be exactly what the Bible would call a Nephilim. And as John has pointed out, you know, uh, you know, well, this is the result of headbanding. Well, no, it's not. We've got something here beyond headbanding, yeah. and you can see it. It is passed through, like John said there on the bottom right. Uh, his wife had the elongated head, and the children also, and I believe that exactly what we're looking at here in Akhenaten is that he was a Nephilim. And uh, I think there's no doubt. I mean, he claimed to be a direct, you know, the sun god, right? He claimed to, he claimed to literally be the, the uh, creator sun god. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and it's these these are amazing. A picture tells a thousand words, and you can see here the sun uh, emitting its rays where they receive the light. And in Freemasonry, in every degree, what is it that you most desire? The answer is always light. We want more light. But, of course, it's not the light of the light, Jesus Christ. It's the light of this occult that these people are walking in. Now, here we have a picture that shows us the Ein Saf. And in the Kabbalah, we see these very same concepts are taught. And the Ein Saf was the original creator. And people, and right now I heard one figure that uh, 80% of Jewish rabbis or more 
have adopted the Kabbalah. And Kabbalah is absolutely okay within Judaism. It's not something that um, is bad if you do it. It's something that's good, and indeed most rabbis embrace it, and I think all rabbis embrace it to some extent. But we see the ten emanations of the Ein Sof, which are called the Sephiroth, and this we see in the tree of the Sephiroth, and this is going to come in, uh, in a lot of ways, into our understanding. And a lot of people will think, well, these people uh, worship the same God that we do. Well, no, they don't. And the real giveaway here, and this is the book, uh, Zohar, annotated and explained by Daniel C. Matt. And in this book, chapter 3 is entitled, the creation of God. Now, that, that should make you pause just thinking about that, the creation of God. But in the Zohar, the Ein Saf is the creator of the God of the Bible. And it's very popular among many in the uh, Hebrew root movement to teach that Jesus is a created being. We've run into that multiple times. And in the Kabbalah, they teach that God is a created being and that he was created by an entity called Einsaf. And on page 12 of this book, I'll just read one line for you. It says, For the Zohar, therefore, the opening words of Genesis mean, with beginning, the ineffable source created God. Amazing. But don't believe for a minute that these people are worshiping the same God that real Bible believers are, or that modern Judaism is the religion that God intended in the way of worship before the cross. So we see the same concept. And when you see uh, here in this picture here, and I'll just back up here to this previous slide, you see here from the Ein Saf these emanations coming down. You cannot miss the similarities between Akhenaten and Aten raining down this light upon him. And these scenarios play out to be the same. And here on this next slide, we see uh, the, the Seraphoth. And it's very important here for us to understand, if you look here at the top of the Seraphoth, there at the top, the top Seraphoth is called the Kether. And the Kether means the head. And everything that Satan does, it's a perversion of some truth of God. And here we see a perversion of the head and the reestablishing of a counterfeit headship. There's a very importance when we pray for people. We want to establish biblical headship. We want to have proper headship within marriages of the husband being a proper head of the wife and of people understanding that Christ is our head and our covering. And this Kabbalistic concept of the kether is a very direct and deliberate perversion of that. Now, I'm going to show something real quick. You go right here. ahead, John. Um, actually, let me go back to this one. Okay, so this is in the seven root race theosophical view. This is their uh, their tree here. You see this, David? This is this is yes. what it looks like. It's very similar to this. And if you research seven root races, we did a show on this. This is what 
the powers that be believe, and it falls directly in line with the Kabbalistic uh, mindset as well. That's what what people fail to understand is that uh, Kabbalism is not just a continuation of uh, Judean Christianity, I guess you could call it. This is a, um, a Babylonian thing that goes way back. I mean, this goes is New Age, uh, Gnosticism, Hinduism, uh, Buddhistic principles that all tie in directly together. So just so people know, I think it's important to note, note that, um, you know, we, you have, but all of these, uh, religions are, are, have the same basis because they all came from one location, different languages. Yeah. And you know, I, I see this over and over, whether in the realm of politics, you know, there, there, there could be, uh, someone on the left. If you had videotapes of them, of machine gunning down people or slaughtering people with knives. The the mainstream media would totally ignore it. Yep. Uh, and people have lost their ability to even critically think. Second uh, Timothy one seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And you can show facts to these people, many of them, that the 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 spiritual force you're following it says that the real god of the bible was created and they don't care it doesn't register with them they will not assimilate any facts that will disrupt the the purview or understanding they have and we have to understand there's spirits driving that the bible says that he will give us a this not the spirit of fear but of a power and of love and a sound mind we will be able to critically think and analyze and understand truth by the word of god and this is something that so many people uh they don't even have that capacity and this shows them to indeed be a person that is unregenerate without the Spirit of God within them. Now, something very interesting from a book here called The Tre Cave of Treasures. It was written by uh, Ephraim the Syrian, a Christian writer from the late 4th and early 5th century. And it says this on page 96 of The Cave of Treasures. And this is a book, we've referred to this book several times. It's not scripture, but what this man wanted to do, he brought together the stories and the traditions that he thought had some validity, and he put them into this book called The Cave of Treasures. And this is one of them that I think might play into the ride tonight. Uh, it says here on page 96, uh, and it's talking about Shem and Melchizedek burying the body of Adam. And when they arrived at Golgotha, which is the center of the earth, the angel of the Lord showed Shem the place for the body of Adam. And when Shem has deposited, had deposited the body of our father Adam upon that place, the four quarters of the earth separated themselves from each other, and the earth opened itself in the form of a cross. And Shem and Melchizedek deposited the body of Adam there in the cavity, and as soon as they had laid it therein, the four quarters of the earth drew quickly together and enclosed the body of our father Adam and the door of the created world was shut fast. Now, do I believe all of that? I think that, well, there's probably some enhancement there to that story, but I think that the fact 
that Adam could have been buried even by Shem and Melchizedek right at the place of Golgotha, I think that this would fit the pattern of biblical truth, and we'll show you why with some very amazing things. And I don't believe in coincidence, and I think there could very well be a lot of truth at the root of that story. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 51. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now, number one, he was already good and dead. Uh, why did David cut his head off? Um, you know, was he just being gruesome? I don't think he was. And in the word Rephaim, it comes from the word Rapha. The root word is Rapha, which means to heal. And if you put the lexicon to it, you can actually see inherent with this word is the concept of reanimate. Not only heal, but reanimate. And I believe that just like we read the scripture in Job about dead things being formed from under the waters, that it was to keep this nasty little fellow from coming back that David lopped his head off. And then another very interesting detail in this story, in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 54, and David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. Now, why would David carry this head, which, I mean, this was a big head, it was heavy. Why would he carry it all the way to Jerusalem and to take it there and to bury it? Now, I cannot prove it. But I just have to believe, uh, I have to just preach this one the way I feel it. Because this whole pattern here, we see the pattern here of the place of the skull, Golgotha, uh, even before Christ was buried there, we see associations with this war between the, the bloodlines. And the Bible said that Jesus would crush the head of the serpent. Now, in this scripture here, and I believe that, I do believe that Adam was buried, and I believe right there, it was the very place where Adam fell, where Adam sinned. I believe this was the heart of the original Garden of Eden. And as we have talked before uh, on complete shows we've done about the Garden of Eden, that there was a paradise of mountains surrounding the world, which eventually became the ice wall. We've read that in other episodes on the ride concerning of. Uh, uh, the cosmology from the cave of treasures. But here's something very interesting. John chapter 19, verses 17 and 18. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull. Well, what skull? <laughs> you know, the place of a skull. Well, I believe it was the skull of Goliath. I believe that it was the skull of Adam that was buried there. That There was an understanding, and this is another concept. I'll just think out loud for a minute. Uh, maybe some of you have studied into this. But in the ancient writings, Jerusalem was spoken of as the center of the earth. And I know there are 
things that I have read that shows the Great Pyramid to be the center of the heliocentric globe Earth, as they would calculate it. It's like there's a real center of the Earth and a counterfeit center of the Earth, which the Great Pyramid is going to play into some of our more thinking uh, in just a moment. But it says, called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him with two other with him on either side one and Jesus in the middle. Now, look at this. This actually looks like a skull. That's why they call it the, the, the place of the skull. Now, that's a big head. Now, we've studied before in our studies on the Nephilim and the Rephaim, there is a scripture in the Bible that says the Anakim were as tall as cedars, which would make them about 200 feet tall. These first and second generation Nephilim were huge. They were not just little, but they were hundreds of feet tall. This is born uh, also can be corroborated in uh, the Kebra Nagas and in the mythology of many ancient peoples. But could it be possible that, you know, we've talked about mud fossils before, and I'm just saying, could it be possible that this could actually be the skull of Lucifer there? The Bible says that Jesus would crush the head of the evil one. Could we actually be looking at what some people are calling mud fossils and the actual head of Lucifer here? It's interesting. There's a guy... And, and I, you know, obviously I don't endorse his beliefs because I think he's more new age-ish type person. But his uh, research on these structures being, um, we, we talked about it in, I think, one of our first few episodes of the Book of Enoch. But these structures having um, physical uh, similarities such as, uh, you know, bones, capillaries, different things that, that would lead him to believe uh, that they were actual giants that have been fossilized quickly. And, and, and something to know about how that happens. Uh, most people don't become fossilized. Why? Because they don't have thousands of pounds of pressure of water uh, coming on down on them and mud coming on top of them at the exact same time. That's how you have footprints that are fossilized. You have all these things. Which leads me to believe, obviously, because uh, I do believe the Bible, but also just the evidence alone points to a global flood. It co or when I say global, it points to a flood. It points to a flood that happened that um, covered something up really quickly and created a fossil out of their skeleton and out of their body. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility to dig up a, a, a piece of wood that has been buried, you know, who knows how long, and it's already fossilized. It's turned into stone. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for sure. And when you look at the size of these, these what is it, 3,000 L's in the Book of Enoch, something like that? Yeah. That's as tall as a skyscraper. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's certainly something interesting to think about. Yeah. And certainly not out of the realm of possibility. John chapter 20, verse 12. And seeth two angels in white, sitting the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. They, the Father didn't want any funny business going on with the body of Jesus. It was preserved without corruption. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. And here is the great truth that all of this evil 
is designed to pervert and to present. Last week, we talked about the counterfeit scenarios, the counterfeit realities. Well, Colossians 1, 17 and 18, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He is the creator. He is the head of all things, and this is the marvelous truth that the evil one is out to pervert. And oh my goodness, do you know what time it is, John? I know exactly what time it is, and we're getting ready to find out. It's time for another game of Truth or Fucking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. Look how excited those people are. Yeah. Yeah. There <laughs> we go, David. It is time for Truth or Porky. There's and no of all of you it. out there excited, are you at home going, yeah, yeah, Truth or Porky? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. So. I hope so. Because this is a. So we're going to go ahead and go through Truth or Porky here, David. So Eric Von Deniken was taken to Pablo Escobar's home where Pablo Escobar showed him an elongated skull and offered him unlimited funding for his, for his uh, research. Let's see what it says. fact this is a fact yes this is true and it is a fact that our little alien chasing friend eric von donneken of course he is the father of the ancient astronaut theory brilliant man uh, compelling writer great writer brilliant man but because he does not believe in scripture and is not born again with the spirit of god uh, he draws completely wrong conclusions, but he comes up with many facts. And this is something that Eric von Donneken claimed that he was uh, approached at a hotel rather forcibly at his room by Pablo Escobar's men where they took him to Pablo's home and Pablo showed him his private collection of skulls. And I believe it. I believe it's true. Yeah. I mean, most of you people have seen him on that uh, History Channel's ancient uh, astronauts or ancient aliens ancient, aliens, ancient aliens and uh this like you said this guy has a lot of things about history and mythology that are 100 percent correct but his his viewpoint is not with the light of yah it's with a exactly different right. a different uh, type of light i would say yeah so all right guys here's the next question here you guys ready for this you guys ready get your get your hands ready i want to see the answers we had a few people that got it right most of you guys got that last one wrong, so we're going to see. And you can all grade yourself on the Truth or Porky segment. That's right. Here we go. Truth or Porky, guys. Truth or Porky. Eric Von Donneken. The fifth book of Genesis tells of a sarcophagus in which lay the mortal remains of a giant. See, his basalt coffin is still in the Ammonite city of Rabah. It is nine cubits long and four cubits wide. Chapter 5, verse 11. Let's see what it says, guys. Let's see. I'm gonna, I want to see answers here. See who can get it right. Truth Here we go. or Porky? Ah, it's a Porky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was a big Porky. That just goes to show what can happen when you get you one of them funny Bibles. You can make the Bible say anything you want. But here we'll see that it wasn't a coffin it was his bed, and it was even the wrong scripture citation. It's Deuteronomy chapter 311. It uh, wasn't a casket. 
it was a bed. So John, read the scripture here. This is the truth. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. It is, is it not in Rabath of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth of it, after the cubit of a man. All right. So we have to go with the word of God and not our little alien chasing buddy. All right, Truth and Porky, how we doing? We got aimed by two for two? We we have a couple people that are they're getting it right, and a lot of people that have got it right, the Porky, when they, they did on this fifth book of you know, fifth book of Genesis threw him off. The guy didn't even have the right verse. The guy didn't know what he was talking about when it came to the Bible, no, did he? No. But a lot of people will listen to what that guy said. Oh, yeah. And they will take it as fact, and they'll go carry it on in arguments for here on out because yeah. they won't even look at it themselves. So we got to get to the facts and rationally think with a sound mind. All right, guys. Another question here. This one is truth or porky. Get ready. Get ready. Get your typing fingers ready. You can type in T or P if you want, if it makes it faster. Uh, let's see how smart you are. Genesis one twenty six is a conversation between the Father and the angels that helped him create the world. Here we go, guys. There he is. He's not getting no love tonight, is he? No. <laughs> I tell you what. The old pig isn't cutting them no slack, I tell you what. And this is a huge porky, and this is something for us to understand that so many people out there that are proponents of Gnosticism and the Kabbalah and, and all of the ancient mystery religious, uh, the systems, theosophy, masonry, going on and on and on. But they want you to believe, and there's a door here that they want you to open up, that Genesis 126, when God said, let us create man. It was a conversation between the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Something that the Puritans were so strong on, by the way. But here are three scriptures. Let it be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses that this is a big porky. And once you open yourself and you hear this out of so many of these bright lights out there, and this is such, and boy, we could lay this at the door of some, a lot of folks. But once you open this door, uh, you've got the light of Kabbalah and Gnosticism that's shining. But read these scriptures, John. Let it be established the truth. Second Estra 6.6, Then did I consider these things, and they all were made through me alone. And through none other, but my by me also they shall be ended, and by none other. Isaiah forty four twenty four. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretches forth the heaven alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. He did it himself. Job nine eight, which alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the waves of the sea. There's no wiggle room in those scriptures, and people that are teaching. Uh, that Genesis 126 is a conversation between the fathers and the angels created the world. Boy, uh, we've talked a lot about the horrific things that are taught in the Nagamati Codices and in the Kabbalah. So, big porky. One more witness, Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the four, former things of old, for I am God, and there's none else. I am God, and there's nobody like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. 
Hallelujah. There we go. So here's the next one, guys. Get ready. Get your typing fingers ready. It looks like most people answered it right last time, David. Almost everybody in the chat. The chat was going 100 miles a minute. All right. So people are getting in the mode here. So All right. Shoot the porky, guys. What you believe about the shape of the earth could determine if you survive the last day's deception of Satan and the fallen angels. This is interesting because a lot of people don't believe or do believe that it plays a big part. So let's see what we think here. Ooh, fact check. And I and I totally agree with that. I mean, people will have different oh, yeah. opinions on that for sure, but that, that's there's no doubt that it will have some play. Yeah. And anyone that believes biblical cosmology, that there is a solid firmament over the earth, and that the heavenly luminaries are underneath the firmament, you're not going to believe that there are aliens from beyond that the, the planets and the stars are beyond the firmament aliens coming from millions of miles away here to give you a genetic upgrade you're going to immediately dismiss that as a lie and you're not going to buy in to this lies of this end time scenario so that is a study everyone needs to do it could save your soul and your life yeah, I think so. And I think it's so important to have answers for these things and, and to be able to answer them. Um, uh, I just think it is because there's so many people that are wondering about this stuff now more than ever. Um, you know, somebody, the reason I did the show last week, David, is somebody ba basically messaged me and really begged me uh, to do a show on the subject because their children were falling for this idea yeah. and they, they had lost hope in life. Uh, people committing suicide over it. Um, it matters whether you think it matters to you or not. It matters to it might matter to your children. It might matter to somebody else big in a big way. And it's important to have answers for sure. And that show last week was a great show, and it didn't get near the views it deserved. So if you didn't show the see the show last week, and give us the name of that show again, John. Uh, it was called Simulation theory i believe it was just a simulation theory something like that but man we gotta that's one one thing i never saw an answer on and it really yeah. does and, it really uh, is intriguing idea that can trip people up and it was a cutting edge show if you haven't seen it you need to watch it you really do it was really a good show even if i was a little part of it it was great <laughs> it was great and that's truth and not a porky all right let's let's go on through some more things now here we have a little deity from Mali in Africa called Nomo. And this is one of the gods of the Dogon people. Now, what's interesting is we're going to see this elongated skull here on this god Dogon. Or this is Nomo of who was worshipped by the Dogon people. And the same is the story of Nomo, that he was the son of the sun god. And all of the worship of the Dogon people is centered around the worship of this deity with the elongated skull. And many and this is a very primitive people in Africa. Uh, one of the considered one of the more backward tribes who might not be nearly as backward as what we might think. But there is a book here called The Serious Mystery by Robert Temple. And I'll read just a little bit out of this. This is a compelling book, I guarantee you, where he goes into the history and the study of the Dogon people. And it says here, and literally, the Dogon people 
believed that the father of Nomo come from a star that is identified as Sirius B. And what's interesting about this, this is the same place that the Egyptians believed that Osiris came from. And this star, Sirius B, is so small that it is no way that it could be seen with the naked eye without the assistance of very sophisticated telescopes. Now it says this, this is on page 63 of the Dogon Mystery by Robert Temp, or excuse me, the Sirius Mystery. The Dogon considered that the most important star in the sky is Sirius B, which cannot be seen. They admit that it is invisible. How then do they know it exists? The problem of knowing how with no instruments at their disposal, men could know the movements and certain characteristics of virtually invisible stars has not been settled, nor even Posed. And this star wasn't even discovered. It was up, uh, it wasn't uh, until the 1920s that people even knew that this existed. So, how did they know? And here again, we have, uh, and you know, people want answers. You know, people want answers, and there is no answer that is in any way credible that's coming to us from academia or from the church. And I use the term very loosely uh, in regard to what's going on uh, in the organized church. But here we have a people, once again, associated with the elongated head that have many of the same amazing similarities between Egyptian religion and we have here absolute proof that they had knowledge, and they've had this knowledge, you can trace it back, for 500 years. So where did they come up with this knowledge? I believe that this is fallen angel knowledge that was transmitted to these people by the evil one. Now, this is a picture of Albert Pike, and I'm going to read something from Morals and Dogma. And here on page uh, 486 of Morals and Dogma, I want to read this to show the important part that the worship of the host of heaven plays in the uh, worship of Freemasonry and also in the Kabbalah. <coughs> Excuse me. And Sirius, and it's now known that the three great pyramids are lined with uh, Sirius and the stars there in the belt of Orion. But it says Sirius still glitters in our lodges as the blazing star. Now, in every Masonic lodge, there is a pentagram, and this pentagram correlates to the star Sirius, as above, so below. And the worship of the host of heaven coordinates the heavenly luminaries in the second heaven with fallen deities. This is the way that they access and energize this fallen angel energy into the rituals. And this is right there out of their own mouth. Uh, this is absolutely part and parcel of Freemasonry. Pike goes on, the sun is still symbolized by the point within the circle. And with the moon and Mercury or Anubis in the th three great lights of the lodge. The three great lights of the lodge 
These correspond to the three stars on the belt Orion with which the three pyramids in Giza are aligned, as above, so below. Not only to these, but to the figures and numbers exhibited by the stars. There's your Kabbalah. You take a numerical equivalence and you use these numbers in conjurations and divinations. Going on, he says, uh, to the figures and numbers exhibited by the stars were ascribed peculiar and divine powers. The veneration paid to numbers had its source there. This is the source of the veneration of numbers that is practiced in the Kabbalah. The three kings, well, I'll just read a little more. It says, uh, well, I think, I don't think I will. It's a bunch of gobbledygook, and I think you get the point. Um, I want to read on a couple more things real quickly. Uh, I want to show the picture of Baphomet. Now, the Baphomet was drawn by Freemason Eliphas Levi, and can you not see a similarity? We have both male and female body parts on the Baphomet. We have the goat head and the, the fire of illumination coming out of the top. Do you not see the obvious similarity between Akhenaten, that uh, of the Hermorphodidic God? And of course, this is one of the part and parcel teachings of Gnosticism and Kabbalah, that God is androgynous, both male and female. It's very popular and cool to teach the female Holy Spirit uh, within the Hebrew root movement, that this is not the true God, this is a false one. And here we see the graphic uh, illustration of the uh, consistency between this the the god Lucifer and this Nephilim who you know we've talked before about Lucifer being a Nephilim and uh, of Akhenaten who I also believe was a Nephilim now Madame Blavatsky I want to read a couple things uh, quickly here uh, from Madame Blavatsky because she really uh, just like Pike, they don't leave anything to your imagination. I want to read from volume 2, page 549. Uh, and Mrs. Blavatsky says this, and this is in regard, in this whole area, we have the uh, the five Hyades, we have the three stars in the belt of Orion, we have the five Hyades, and we have the seven Pleiades, and this is the basis of numerical conjuration in the Kabbalah. Now, Blavatsky says this, Meanwhile, it is they, the seven Rishis, who mark the time and the duration of events in our sedentary life cycle. They are as mysterious as their supposed wives, the Pleiades of whom only one, she who hides, has proven virtuous. The Pleiades, Kratika, are the nurses of Katakrika, the god of war, or Mars, who is called the commander of the celestial armies. In other words, what we're looking at in this section of the heavens, this is the place where the numerical conjurations of the Kabbalah were taken, you're looking at ground zero of occult power. This is where these master occultists have focused their rituals. And she lets a little bit out of the bag here in this next quote uh, from volume one of The Secret Doctrine 
on uh, page 434. She says, the mighty ones perform their great work and leave behind them everlasting monuments to commemorate their visit. Every time they penetrate within our myavic veil atmosphere, says a commentary. Thus we are taught that the great pyramids were built under their direct supervision. She tells you that the great pyramids were built by the Nephilim. When Divera, the then pole star, was at its lowest culmination, and the Critica Pleiades looked over its head, were on the same meridian but above to watch the work of the giants. These people believe and understand that this area of the heavens is the dark powerhouse of the evil host of heaven. They deliberately worship these entities and they draw this power down. It's just a fact that they do this. Now here in the word of God, Job 38, 31, canst thou bind the sweet influence of the Pleiades or loose the bands of Orion? And the, the influence of the Pleiades is called sweet because just like Freemasonry and just like these other things, uh, when they teach about the female Holy Spirit in the Hebrew root movement, they make it sound so sweet, so enlightening, so, oh boy, this is so good, you want it. But it's a sweet deception that draws you in with with sugary, uh, I'll, I'll just refrain from the adjective. But the scripture asks us, Canst thou bind the sweet influence of Pleiades or loose the bands of Orion? People have bands around their mind. There's many scriptures we could bring to bear here. But people can't think critically. They can't. They ignore facts. They have bands around their mind. These are things from the Spirit. You can show them facts and it doesn't even penetrate their mind. It's like trying to throw a ball. You know, like, don't confuse me with these facts. It's like bouncing a rubber ball off a wall, trying to talk to them about a multitude of issues. People are not driven by factual, critical thinking. They're driven by spirits. And this is the ground zero of the dark spiritual realms invasion of the first heaven. And can you bind the sweet influences of the Pleiades or loose the bands of Orion? And for a while now, I have been actually praying this way. Yes, I do. I bind the Pleiades and loose the Orion over individuals because this is a reality. And believe you better believe the dark world understands this. And it's time for us to get up to speed. In Matthew 18, 18, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. That's the second heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We can bind the Pleiades and loose the bands of Orion. And we have seen some remarkable instances of deliverance in praying like this, which is just praying the word of God. But with that, John, the light of Yah on alien skulls and Nephilim fossils comes to a close. Fantastic show, David. Uh, bravo. I mean, sincerely, just one of the best takes on it. I mean, we've we've talked about this a million times, but being able to bring it all together like this is always is always a pleasure. It's always one of my favorite things to to do and to see done. 
Um, and I just want to say thank you all for listening. Give us a like on the, on this video. Share this video out with your friends. Uh, we're not getting any love from the powers that be. So you guys are the ones that get our videos out to everybody. You guys are the ones that that drive what we're doing. And we do it for you. And we're thankful for each one and everyone. Like David said earlier, some people go through their entire lives and never once do they think about the genesis of their creation. Never once do they think about the end of their life until it's too late. Never once do they uh, break out of the mode that the world has them in, out of the information that the, the world has distracted them with. And, and thankfully, I believe that anybody that's still listening tonight has been broken away from that and, and are accepting truth into their lives. And we pray for each and every one of you that you receive it from the right location. You receive it from the Holy Spirit. You receive it by researching things on your own. Uh, don't get lost in your own head and thinking you know what's right because the chances of you knowing everything are very slim. I don't think there's anybody listening tonight nor that's ever been alive that knows everything that is out there. And so we're thankful to do it. Um, and, and also check out our check out our um, um, sponsors for the show. They're in the links below. Q&A, we're getting ready to go over to it. Uh, the link is in, in the description as well. Go over and check out our Q&A. You can ask questions in that chat. And we will answer them live for you. And we're excited to do it. We love doing this every week. One of our favorite things to do. And so thank you very much, David. Well, thank you, John. And uh, we want to thank our Midnight Ride audience. We could not do what we do without you. So high five and good night, everybody. Join us on the Midnight Ride channel. And we're going to have a very feisty Q&A. High five and good night, everybody. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up, rise up, rise up.